Hi Family Church Waterside, welcome to another Sunday Night Local, almost forgot the name then, welcome to another Sunday Night Local, uh, it's great to have you with us whether you're watching this um, live or watching this uh, later on catch up, um, just great, great that you're here, now I'm going to continue this evening looking at uh, Fruit of the Spirit and different aspects of that, um, but yeah I'll just, just wait a second for just for people to, um, just for people to log in and stuff, that'd be good. Um, you don't forget to so say you can say hi um, in the chat section as well. That'd be that'd be great. Say hi to Wendy, um, who's moderating. Say hi to other people who are chatting as well. Wendy, putting the scriptures and stuff um, up in the chat bit as well, just to um, just to help you. Um, just as people are joining, just want to mention I mentioned these things a few times about just about physical meetings. Um, Momentum Youth um, is going to be launching this Friday. It was originally last Friday. Is now launching this coming Friday. So. If you've got youth in that age bracket, um, then please uh, please get them signed up. Um, and everybody else, please get them in your prayers as well. Um, it's gonna be really exciting. And also um, Sunday night local. So this this event um, in two weeks time, all being well, um, that's certainly the plan. Um, two weeks time, um, it's gonna be a physical um, gathering um, at the parish hall um, in Hythe. Um, I'll send out more info this week, including the link to sign up. Um, should be going out this week as well. So yeah, please do that. So that'll be uh, running on Sunday nights. So we may have a little bit of worship first and then um, stream from eight. But I'll send out all the info this week, exactly um, how it's going to work, how to sign up, um, etc. But either way, you'll still be able to watch um, the, the Bible study um, section, you know, whether you're actually there or whether you're watching it um, yeah, on YouTube live or on, on catch up. You'll still, you won't miss out in any way. Okay. So but that's the plan is that starting two weeks, uh, two weeks tonight on the 25th of October, we had our first, uh, powerhouse prayer meeting last Monday, which was a physical gathering. We had a great time. Um, there's 10 of us there, which is an awesome time in the, um, in the presence of God and just, just, just seeking God. And yeah, it was just, just great to, you know, be physically together, um, just doing that. So um, there's different things um, coming up, so keep an eye on your emails and texts um, as always um, and I'll keep you in a loop as best as best I can. So um, the last few weeks we've been looking at the fruit of the spirit and looking at different aspects, different aspects of that. So we're going to continue that journey. We've looked at love and we've looked at joy and we've looked at peace and we're going to continue, continue looking at that. So we started off the groundwork with, with the fact that we um, you know, the, the Holy Spirit dwells inside us. We've been cleaned and made holy. And because we've been made a holy vessel, um, the Holy Spirit can dwell inside us. He can only live inside a holy and, and cleansed vessel. Um, so the Holy Spirit is inside us. Look to 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, etc. And then looked at the actual, um, what fruit is. And then the fruit of the Spirit. So it's fruit that God wants to grow in us. It's clues in the name, isn't it? Fruit and fruit should grow. Fruit grows on trees, of course. And... You know, a healthy fruit tree should produce fruit. And, you know, if we're going to be a, a healthy Christian and, you know, be all that God desires us to be and live in the life that God desires us to be, then it's his intention that, that we should produce fruit. In fact, it's, it's, it's a demonstration as to whether we're living a healthy Christian life, whether we are producing a fruit or not. But it's always God's desire for us to produce fruit. So Galatians 5, 22 and 23, Paul wrote this to the church in Galatia, the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit Jesus this kind of fruit in our lives, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. So, and we looked at that and these are not nine different fruit. We can't have 
favourites of, of those nine. They're all aspects or like segments of an orange. They're all segments of one fruit. So God desires to use all nine of these uh, in us. Amen. Uh, so last week we looked at peace and what supernatural peace looks like and why often we don't have peace in our lives. So how, how God can how God can grow peace and that's what we need to sins we need to make um, in order to uh, in order for that aspect of the fruit to grow uh, in a healthy way in our lives. So we looked at firstly um, sometimes and if you didn't uh, hear last week so I encourage you to catch up on that sometimes we don't give our burdens over to God sometimes we're our own worst enemies what I mean by that is we can be going through difficult stuff and that's not that's, I'm not saying that's our fault although it could be because of the result of our bad choices but regardless of the reasons for the circumstances sometimes we're our own worst enemy because we take the burden upon ourselves and rather than giving them over to God we, we try and deal with it ourselves and therefore we don't have peace whereas, whereas Jesus said come to come to you all you who are weary and burdened um, and I will give you rest cast all cares one him 1 Peter 5 verse 8 um, cast all cares one him because he cares for you verse 7 not verse 8 um, and you know to do that and that's God's desire for us to cast our cares um, you know upon him and and second reason so firstly sometimes we don't give our burdens over to God and, and secondly we're not surre surrendered to the will of God so sometimes we can uh, lack peace um, in our hearts um, just because or sometimes in our minds just because we haven't surrendered to the will of God and what I mean by that is there can be a therefore a conflict that's going on uh, within us uh, almost like a battle of the mind going on or a battle in your kind of a battle in your heart so basically who's in charge and um, we talked about the reality of surrendering your will to God when what Jesus said about praying that let his will be done on earth as it is in heaven that starts with us his will being done on earth in us just like it is in heaven but part of that is surrendering when you surrender then you can get peace just like in a war situation as we surrender before there can be peace as we surrender by one one side so you know and, and God's not going to do any surrendering obviously there's only one side that needs to surrender um, and, that, and that's us but then we can have peace uh, in our lives and that, that, that conflict um, will finally be finally be over so I will look at that so I encourage you to listen to last week's um, if you haven't yet because you know who doesn't want peace in their lives right praise God so let's, let's continue to move on and to look at patience and so what actually what actually patience is what's what Paul meant here when he when he wrote this uh, what what is meant meant by that is it just is it just mean waiting a long time which is often we the context in English and um, in English language context is often just just means waiting a long time you know we're uh, as, as British people we're, we're we're known for queuing aren't we we're known, we're known for being the world's best queuers I don't know if it's true or not but it seems to be a thing that gets said about British people um, that we're great at queuing and as part of that you have to be very very patient you go to the end of, end of the queue or end of a line and you know you wait you you wait your turn well but when it comes to biblical patience it means a lot more than just that it means a lot more than just um, just waiting a long time uh, waiting a long time for something for something there's there's a lot more to it than that so we're going to look at that patience and, and what Paul was what Paul was saying here so sometimes it's really good to look at the original Greek word, I'm sure you all know, of course, the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, a little bit of Aramaic and Daniel and um, etc. Um, but mainly written in Hebrew, um, the main Jewish language and the New Testament was written in Greek. Although 
although Jesus was Jewish and all the people around him uh, were Jewish, the common uh, common written language at the time um, was Greek. I don't know how they made it work. It must have got very confusing, <laughs> but that's how it worked. So they would have spoken in Hebrew, maybe some Aramaic, um, but they would have written down um, in Greek. So the whole of the New Testament was written in Greek. So anyway, so sometimes it's worth looking at the original Greek language because sometimes the English language doesn't always do justice. We, we found this out a few weeks ago with love and the words that we use, what we use um, the word love for can mean a myriad of different things. But in, in Greek, um, love has very specific things. There are different types of love in it and they all have different words. Whereas we have one that kind of covers everything, whether you're saying you love pizza or you're saying you love your wife. And hopefully they're two very, very different things and they're not in any way equal, but we use the same word. But in Greek, they wouldn't use the same word. So anyway, so that's why it's worth looking at the Greek. So the Greek word that's used here for patience is, is macrothumia. Great word macrothumia and in in some uh, translations of the bible translated patience as it was in the one i read out the new international version nlt etc translated as patience it's not wrong uh, in any way um but i suppose to be to be the most accurate would be the most accurate description would be long suffering would be the best way uh, best way of describing it and it is that in some translations that the new king james etc like i said pace patience isn't wrong but long suffering would probably be a slightly more accurate translation of what macrothumia actually means and maybe think what does that mean i've got to suffer for a long time what what, what does that mean um what does long suffering even mean so let's let's break it down so the greek word so remember the words macrothumia stay with me um the greek word macro which is where we get the english word macro in greek it's about m-a-k-r-o in english we spell it m-a-c-r-o and it can mean and it means large or long and it can be used in an English context in a macro um, in that context but anyway it means large or long and the root word thumos remember it's macro thumia the, the root word thumos means temper so therefore macro thumia literally means long tempered so in other words the opposite of being short tempered or the opposite of having a short fuse you know they're, they're well-known English phrases that we use don't you someone's short temper someone's short fuse so what long long suffering means literally means long temper it's the very opposite of having a short fuse or being short tempered you know without so without macrothumia as human beings we often can be temperamental um we can have an irritable temper let's just be real about these things um, we can have an irritable temperament um sometimes we can lose patience and lose our call and this is what this is the very thing that's being addressed here this is what this is what Paul's addressing here. This aspect of the fruit that God desires to grow in our lives is to be long-tempered or have long long suffering. So the same word is used in 1 Corinthians 13, where where Paul is called a great chapter on love. We looked at that when we did the love, as I say, the love week, <laughs> the week that we did about love um, three weeks ago. And we looked at agape love and what that means. And 1 Corinthians 13, the well, very well-known passage on love. Love is love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way, it is not irritable, it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, it's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. A great, great passage of scripture, often quoted at weddings and in other contexts, um, but just, just awesome and it's a description of the love of God as well. But the, the, where it says there, love is, love is patient and love is kind, start right back at the beginning of verse 4. Love is patient and kind. The word there for patient, again, is macrothumia. So, so even the way that love is expressed and the way that 
that, that, and remember that's another one of the aspects of a fruit. Another way that, that, that God desires to grow that in us is to grow macrothuma in you. As, he, as his love it flows through us and you know and it's God's intention for it to flow through us and flow to through to other people that that long suffering and long temperedness if I can call it that you know will also grow in us but it's, it's a description of love it's, it's, it's an aspect of love if we're going to have the same agape love that, that God has and part of that is to be long tempered because love is patient and love is kind amen Psalm 100, and you see it's right throughout scripture where it talks about the fact that God is long-tempered. Um, here's, here's just one example. It's, you can see it's right throughout the Psalms and, and loads, of different, um, loads of different passages of scripture. Um, but Psalm 145 verse 89 says this, The Lord is merciful and compassionate, but he's slow to get angry. So this is what this, he can see this in action. He's slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. That particular two verses are repeated in loads of different Psalms um, by, by King David. But the Lord is merciful and compassionate. He's slow to get angry and filled with a failing love. Remember, this is one of the descriptions of love. What God's love looks like is he's, he's long-tempered. He's slow to get angry. So God is incredibly patient with us. Aren't you glad that God is patient with us? God has incredible macrothumia towards us. You know, even when we uh, make bad decisions, we may have made bad decisions in our, in our lives, and you know, hopefully, won't in the future. But we might have done um, in our past. That might have been a reality. I certainly certainly made some mistakes. I'm only glad that God has macrothumia. He doesn't. He doesn't get angry. He, he is long tempered. Amen. And that's a description of His love. He's slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love, and, and full of compassion. He's good to everyone. What an amazing God that we have. So God is so, so patient with us. Amen. And just to kind of demonstrate demonstrate this, um, I just want to look at the story of uh, Jonah uh, this evening. And just to draw out some just some great truths um, out of that. Now, I don't know how much you know about the story of Jonah. You may well know it inside out. Um, but basically, the, the gist of it, um, of course, it has to be the gist because time's short this evening. Um, just the story of Jonah is God God had commanded Jonah to warn the people of a place uh, nearby called uh, Nineveh and, and to warn them about God's um, upcoming judgment or upcoming judgment basically if they didn't repent they, they were living all sorts of crazy lifestyles worshipping all sorts of other gods and you know and, and, and God wanted to warn them that if they didn't change their ways um, that there was going to be judgment but also it was giving them an opportunity in doing that it was giving them an opportunity um, you know, to get themselves sorted out and to get to get right with God, and I'm sure you know the stories. Jonah was disobedient. He he didn't really he didn't really want to go, and he went on a ship and he hid on the hid on the ship, and then there was a big storm that came up, and it all became a, apparent that it was because of Jonah's disobedience. There was this massive a massive storm passed around. You kind of referred to this this morning about disobedience and how disobedience can cause storms. Talk about the story of Jonah. Um, well, we're not looking so much at disobedience this evening, but that's but that's what's happening in this context. And then, of course, we know that Jonah got swallowed by a whale or a big fish, um, and was in the belly of the whale or big fish for, for for three days, and then gets spewed up onto an island. So, so Jonah learns a very hard lesson on obedience. Okay, and yeah, so so God then commands Jonah again. Remember, this is all about talking about patience, long tempered. Is what we're sort of looking at. So. We'll get there in a second, <laughs> but it's just important to have the background of the story. So God then commands Jonah again, 
um, to go back, gives him another opportunity to go to the people of Nineveh and to warn about the upcoming judgment. So he's done the storm and, and been, um, was the people, the other sailors threw him off the boat because um, it was because of his disobedience to the storm. They're swallowed by a whale, he gets spewed up um, on an island after three days inside a whale, which is pretty gross. <laughs> That's what happened. Um, so Jonah learned a hard lesson. Then, then Jonah, uh, so God then commands Jonah again. So this is in Jonah 3, verse 1. Let's look at some, look at some scripture. <laughs> then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. So this time Jonah is obedient. I mean, if you don't learn a lesson after being thrown off a ship, eaten by a whale, inside the belly of a whale for three days and spewed up an island, if that's not going to teach you a lesson, <laughs> I don't know what more would God have to do. But anyway, so, so Jonah is obedient the second time and the king of Nineveh, the king of that, that, that city, receives the warning and, and praise God, and you can read all this in Jonah, Jonah 3, etc. Um, and praise God, the king, king repents and tells the people to repent. So the king takes it on board, you know, is convicted that they aren't living right and they are worshipping other gods and takes it on board and he repents, then commands the people um, to repent as well. So what's interesting, what's interesting is then Jonah 3 verse 10, um, so this just talks about what, what God does. Is, so when, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, they're talking about the people of Nineveh, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did, did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. So you can see there God being long-tempered. Right? He, 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 there always has to be a judgment for sin. Of course, this is before the cross. Um, um, for the cruci for Jesus coming for the crucifixion, so there had there had to be judgment judgment for sin, and of course we know that was fulfilled in Jesus became the judgment for us. Praise God! Um, but there had to be judgment for sin, but they they relented and turned from their evil ways, and that was always God's heart for them to do that. Remember, God's heart is, is compassionate, um, and part of His unfailing love is He is long tempered, slow to become angry. Amen. So what's, inter what's really interesting here is Jonah learned, already obviously learned some very hard lessons and had delivered the message for the second time in obedience, but has a really interesting response to the fact that God is long-tempered. And basically, in, in Jonah's interpretation anyway, that God has changed his mind. He said he was going to bring this judgment and now hasn't. They've repented and now, now hasn't. And Jonah has a really interesting reaction. So this is recorded in Jonah 4, verses 1 to 10. So remember, the people relent, Jonah 3, verse 10, God, uh, sorry, the people turn from their evil ways, God relents, doesn't bring the destruction he had threatened. Next, straight, next verse, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. What an interesting response. And he became angry. Verse 2, he prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, um, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. That's where he was running away to originally, so he didn't have to go to Nineveh. I knew that you are gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger. You see the same phrase again. Gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it's better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Good question. Verse 5. Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he had made himself a shelter, sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord provided a leafy plant and made it grow over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant, as he would be. <laughs> but at dawn, the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided, 
God provided a scorching east wind. The sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, it'd be better for me to die than to live. He's not in a, I'm sure you'll agree, Jonah's not in a good way <laughs> right now. <laughs> He's not dealing with this well. Verse nine, but God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. He's got some, he's not reacting well at all to this situation. He's definitely not being long-tempered, he's definitely being short-tempered. Verse 10, but the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and it died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? So Jonah here was, has a really interesting response. He gets, basically, he gets angry about the fact that God isn't angry. He was actually getting very angry about God's, God's patience or his, his long-temperedness and, and his, his forgiveness. How ironic is that? Jonah was literally offended and angry that God was slow to anger and abounding in love. How sad. And God asked that crucial question, a crucial challenge to Jonah. Is it right? For you to be angry clearly obviously the answer is no it's not right for him to be angry at all as a as a, a believer himself a believer in god himself he should be overjoyed uh, you know should be rejoicing overjoyed you know that 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 nineveh has repented and and turned from its wicked ways and god has has relented and they've all turned back to god you know he should be so overjoyed about that and god points out the irony of jones attitude here he's more con he's concerned about a plant that dies a plant that he has no care for at all other than providing a bit of shade for him but so you have to, he was more concerned about that but not about 120,000 people who could have all been destroyed um but have repented from their wicked ways and, and have repented how, how ironic and how sad is that so you can see here a real contrast between the way that god is long-tempered and the way that jonah was was dealing with this situation and in fact he was short-tempered about the fact that god was long-tempered this is an interesting um you know kind of contrast that's going on here and, and and the main thing I want to draw out of this, as well as looking at Jonah's attitude, but but mainly this this big question where, where God asks a couple of times, is it right for you to be angry? And that's that's a question I kind of want to uh, leave you with. Not, we're not quite at the end yet, <laughs> but I want to kind of to leave you with and just get you to just to uh, just ask you to meditate on and think about it. You know, in the situations that we face in our lives, you know, if we're ever short-tempered, I'm. Sure you know what can i say <laughs> sometimes maybe i'm a bit short-tempered um but god's big question is is it right for us to be angry well the answer to that is no of course james 1 verse 19 and 20 says this my dear brothers and sisters take note of this everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. James is always so clear and he's so, so kind of blunt um, and to the point. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to come angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And just before I move move on, I just want to say, of course, that in, in certain contexts, or um, there is a place for righteous anger. And what I mean by that is just being um, ang angry about injustice, for example. You know, you see this a number. Of, you see this a number of times um, in Jesus's ministry where he did have righteous anger. For example, when he turned over the tables of the money changers in the temple, he was angry about what they were doing. Um, you know, he was angry in a righteous sense about what they were doing to the temple. They were just making a. He said, "You make it a den of iniquity, and it should be a house of house of prayer." And they were they were just making it about making money, and they're ripping, and not just about making money. They're also ripping people off. Well, of course, it was supposed to be a house of prayer. And Jesus also got 
you know, and righteous sense got angry with some of the religious leaders because they were just tying people up in religion. They weren't they weren't showing people God. They were just tying them up in rules and regulations that basically they just made up. So of course there is a place for righteous righteous anger and kind of anger and justice and those um, those sorts of things. Um, so yeah, we'll just kind of leave that to one side, but just to, just to say just to make that point. So we should be slow to we should be slow to speak, slow to become angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires, as James said. Now, we may not get angry or frustrated about God's compassion for the human race like Jonah was. I hope that you're overjoyed by the fact that God has compassion for the human race. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him can have everlasting life. For anyone in this world can be saved. It's not God's desire um, that any should perish. Scripture also says, yeah, that makes me overjoyed as a, as a, as a Christian. And that is God's heart of compassion, um, you know, uh, for, this, for this world. Of course, of course sin grieves grieves God and the way some people live their lives or and worship other things of course that grieves God but he has total compassion um you know you know for the human race that he created so maybe we don't get angry about God's compassion I really hope not but like Jonah like Jonah was but maybe there are other things let's let's be very real tonight maybe there are some other things that do happen in our world that, that can make us impatient and angry and I'm not talking about righteous anger so here, here's just a couple of examples driving <laughs> Driving is a is a driving's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> and, and and sometimes there can be lots of um, opportunities um, in order to get frustrated and and to get angry. But let's go back to the question: Is it right for us to be angry? There's a question that God asks. Well, even when someone cuts you up on a roundabout, I want to say, well, no, it's not right to be angry because it's not a demonstration of it's not a demonstration of of a love of God. He's, he's, he's slow to become angry and that's that what God's desire to grow in us remember this is all about the fruit that God wants to grow in us to be long tempered so you know next time someone cuts cuts you up on a roundabout you know if you want to shout something out the window shout God bless you <laughs> in love I mean it but not as some sarcastic comment because God just desires for us to be short uh, let's be short tempered don't get that one around the wrong way God's desire for us to be long tempered just like just like his remember love is patient Love, love is long-tempered and kind, amen. So driving, there's an example. Children, if you've got, if you've got, if you've got kids, sometimes your children can do, especially if you've got young children, and some of the crazy things they can do, um, can be frustrating, can't it? It can be easy to get angry. It can be <laughs> they can uh, mess up the house and make everything untidy, and they can not listen to what you've asked them to do, and they cannot help around the house, and and uh, they can draw all over the draw all over the walls, and all sorts of <laughs> um, you know things that things that kids uh, kids can do, and make a mess everywhere. And you know it can be so easy, can't it, to get angry? Now, of course, we have to instill things into our kids. Um, and, you know, if you're going to be a good parent and you've got young kids, of course, it's right to instill things into your kids. I'm not saying just leave it, don't do anything about it. <laughs> That's not going to be, help. That's not going to help you or, or help them either. But is it right to be angry? Is it right to be long tempered? If we if we react out, if we if we if we if we shout, if we get aggressive, I don't mean in a physical sense, but kind of verbally aggressive, you know, verbally forceful, as because we lose our temper because we're short fused. Um, is that is that right? Is God pleased with that? Well, I don't believe God is is pleased with that. Um, you know, you can deal with situations, you know, without um, becoming becoming angry. This is a challenge challenge for me, is it just as much as it is for you? Because remember, God desires for us to be long tempered. Maybe in marriage, there can there can be frustrations, can't there? And and people have diff do have different things, different ways of doing things, and um, 
different views on tidiness and different views on, on, on money and all those kind of things. And, and if a marriage is going to be healthy, of course, all those things need to be discussed and talked about in a rational and, and calm and, and godly, godly way. But it could be so easy, kind of, to get, to get your back up, um, you know, when certain situations um, arise. You know, but God's desire is for us to be long-tempered. Is it right for us to be angry? No, it's not right. And, you know, if you've got an issue with this, I'd encourage you to, to, to go to God with it and, and get it sorted out with God and get it sorted out with your spouse um, as well. You know, government and politicians, here's another example. You know, our, our government right now is having to make some monumental decisions, decisions that none of us would ever want to make, you know, if, we, if we're honest about it, um, about, you know, the way forward and how I, how they govern the country through this, you know, the, the you know, particular scenario uh, with this virus that we find ourselves in. Um you know, it can be easy to get frustrated, can't it? Get frustrated and kind of think, well, they, they don't understand or why have they done that and why haven't they done that? Is it right to be angry? No, it's not right to be angry. And let's let's pray for our politicians. And they've got to make some big decisions and big decisions coming t tomorrow for the north of England and other areas. Um, let's be praying for our politicians. It says in the Bible that God has put people in authority and to pray for those um, in authority. What about people's bad choices? The people um just in our in our worlds, maybe people who aren't believers, or or maybe even people who are believers, and and you, you see some of the bad choices they they make, and it can be it can be frustrating, can't it? But again, do we are we carrying God's heart of love? Are we allowing that fruit, that aspect of the fruit, to grow on us to be long tempered, to have that same heart of compassion uh, that God has? Amen. It's not right to be angry. It comes back to that big question again. So there's just some, some different examples, and there could be there could be others. But remember, all of the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit is what, what God is wants us to uh, grow in us is for us so that basically we become more and more Christ-like. The, the fruit that God wants to grow, or the one fruit that has these different nine aspects, that God wants to grow in us is so we become more and more Christ-like. Because it's just a demonstration um, you know, of God's of God's heart. Amen. You know, and Jesus was Jesus was that in, in every situation, wasn't he? Full of love and joy and peace and patience, etc. He he was very, very long-tempered jesus jesus was incredible wasn't it just and I, i'm just amazed how how patient and long-tempered uh, jesus was <laughs> was with people as always he is the perfect example you kind of think of different things they did you know like his disciples would would let him down and you know take like peter as an example and peter was impetuous and and you know jesus predicted he would he would you know deny him and of course Peter said of course I'll never deny you but then of course of course did and when it came to the cross and all his disciples fled and sometimes they just didn't didn't get it and you know so many times he's had to say you know oh, you've little faith why did you doubt when he did great miracles even though they've seen loads of previous miracles um they still were shocked and like well, who is this guy um we don't we don't understand um what, what what's going on here they didn't quite get who he was and there'll be lots of times when Jesus could easily um you know, just just lost his patience. Um, you know, lost his patience uh, with people. Um, he could have lost his patience with the religious leaders. He could have lost his patience, you know, with people who were living a life of sin. But Jesus was always long-tempered. Of course, there was some righteous anger towards um, some of the religious leaders who were just tying people up in religion, as we mentioned earlier. But but Jesus didn't ever lose his cool. He was never short-fused. He never said something he regretted. He never he never just you know spoke out. Um, in anger in any kind of aggressive sense um, you know said something you know that he he wished he hadn't said that's just not who Jesus was and you know and, and that's what God wants to do in us this is one of these things that's, it's very real isn't it this one um, of course with love and joy and peace we've got that as well all, all very real but this is a real character trait isn't it that God wants to change 
uh, um, change in us. You know, and God wants us to be long-tempered. Um, you know, this will only grow in us when, when we stay connected to the vine. And this is true, of course, of all the aspects of the fruit, John 15, and you know, he is the vine and we are the branch. You know, because this may seem difficult with all the situations. Maybe you've got some situation in your world right now, in your family or in your circumstances, in your finances, that it would be very, very easy to get angry. Yeah, but this is, a, this, is, this is just an opportunity for God to grow macrothumia in you, to be long-tempered and just to trust trust God. And of course, we can know his peace peace and, and joy, etc. And his love that we've looked at in previous in previous weeks as well, when we give our give our burdens over over to God, Amen. But let's be people who are long tempered. Stay in the vine. You can't do it in your own strength. This is true of all the aspects of the fruit. Don't try and do it in your own strength because you won't be able to do it. We we need we need the strength of God, Amen. But by being connected to the vine, He will He will help us to do that, Amen. So yeah, God is God is so good. God is so good. You know so. Next time someone cuts you up on a roundabout, why don't you just pray for them? Shout God bless you out the window. <laughs> if you want to do that and mean it, that'd be ironic. But why don't why don't you why don't you pray for them? Say pray pray for that person. Maybe there's a reason they did that. Maybe there's someone they're rushing rushing to get to. Maybe they are just a terrible driver, and and don't care about others on the road. But whatever the reality, why don't why don't you pray for them instead? Because are we glorifying God um, when we're short tempered and have a short fuse? Is come back to that big big question that God kept asking Jonah: Is it right? to be angry well the answer to that is no it's not right to be angry um, but we can only do this with the strength of the strength that um god gives us as we stay connected uh, to the vine amen praise god so time's gone quick as it, as it always does let's just be submitted to to the spirit in in everything that goes on in our world maybe this 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 very week maybe even tomorrow you're going to have an opportunity you're going to have an opportunity for this aspect of the fruit to, to grow um to grow in you just re just remember what what god says about this let's have macrothumia let's have be long tempered if this is an issue in your life in, in particular issue in your life i'd encourage you you know you can talk to me or um um if you're a woman you can talk to wendy um you know we can kind of help you through with this stuff because it's because you know if we've got anger issues and god wants to deal with that and to get these things sorted and to get us back now, on the right track it can be so easy kind of to say things that we regret and think, oh, why in the world is, did I say that? That's the thing when anger rises up, it kind of overwhelms you, doesn't it? it takes over, and you can say things that you, you know, it's sometimes, often this happens in a marriage context where say, people say things and think, why in the world did I say that? Because anger just kind of takes over. So, again, this where God desires to be long tempered. It's, you can have an easier life if you're long tempered. And, and, and more, much more importantly than that, you're going to be more and more Christ like. Remember, that's always God's, um, God's desire and to do that in us. Amen. You know, God's desire is always just to reflect God's heart, to have that new nature um, and to, for that new nature to always be the one that's ruling us, not any other kind of, not any other kind of nature, not the world's way of doing things, you know, to be transformed, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, be transformed by renewing of the mind. You know, the world may get angry about, about certain things and may get, you know, and that may be how they deal with situations and they may shout and swear and get angry, you know, but that's not what a, what the Christian life uh, should look like God wants to produce and grow macrothumia in you every day is an opportunity for God to, to grow long temperness to grow patience in you amen and remember it's also an expression of God's love love is patient or love is long tempered and kind I'm glad that God is long tempered towards you so let's be long tempered uh, towards 
others. Amen. Let's, let's, let's pray to close. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we can do all things, Lord, through you who strengthen us. Lord, we can't do anything in our own strength, Lord, that, that's good. Lord, we say, Lord, we need you. Lord, with you, we can do all things, Lord, through you. We thank you for the reality of that, Lord. I pray we'll be a people, Lord, who are connected to the vine. Lord, we live a whole life, Lord, that is, Lord, is connected in every single way. Lord God, and that your nature will just, 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 Lord, just bear out, Lord, in all that we do, Lord God. Lord, and when situations come our way, Lord God, that our heart, Lord, will reflect your heart. Lord, I pray you will just, just grow this aspect of the fruit in us. Lord, that we will be a body of believers, Lord, who are long-tempered. Lord, we don't want to be short-fused. We don't want to say the first thing that comes into our head. We don't want to react in, in, in anger and, and have regrets. We know there's always forgiveness across the other side of me. Lord, but we don't want to cause ourselves problems, Lord God, in that way. Lord, we want to reflect your heart. Lord, we want to be long-tempered. We want to be patient or patient with people. Thank you, Lord God. Help us to love people, Lord, the way you love people. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, thank you that your love is long-tempered and kind. Lord, you thank you you're slow to become angry, Lord, and we're the beneficiaries, Lord, of that. And I pray, Lord, that our heart will just reflect your heart, Lord. Just use us, Lord, in that week, in, in this coming week, Lord, to grow macrothumia, to grow long-temperedness in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So don't forget about the um, physical gatherings as well coming up. Um, keep an eye on your emails and texts. I'll be sending out some more info uh, uh, this week. If you've got any questions, of course, just, just email me or text me, etc. Um, yeah, that'd be great. But yeah, it'd be great for two weeks, two weeks tonight for us to all, um, for us to be able to gather gather together. Um, still be streaming this live, but also to have a group of us there as well, just just meeting around the world. That'd be, that'd be awesome. So have a very, very blessed week. Grow some long temperedness in yourself <laughs> this this week. You will have an opportunity, trust me, you will have an opportunity um, for God to grow that aspect of the, of the fruit. Have a great week. Myself and Wendy praying for you, praying for God's peace, protection and provision as we have been right from the beginning um, you know, of the pandemic back in, back in March. We just believe just for God's favour upon you during this time. Have a blessed week. Bye.